It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. The book of Proverbs contains so much, so much information. But in chapter 16, verse 18, you're going to hear something that you've heard probably again and again and again. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Um, when you come to chapter 16 of Proverbs, you're going to hear a good bit about pride and what it does to destroy. And so we want to share that with you today. This is Bert Harper along with Dr. Alex McFarland. Alex will be connecting here in a moment. He's out in Colorado uh, teaching at a school there, doing a great job. And we appreciate him being back on the road here in 2022. But let's look at Proverbs chapter 16. And uh, it's divided up kind of a lot of the Proverbs. It's hard to see how they're divided up. But verses 1 through 9 deal with a man and his ways. But then in verses 10 through 15, it talks about the king and how to rule. And then chapter 16, uh, verse 16 through the rest of this chapter, deal with the ways of man. So we want to go through some of these. We can't go through all the verses, but we're going to hit the highlights. Alex, when mm-hmm. we come to chapter 16, uh, the, word, the verse I opened up with was verse 18, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Um, yes. That statement can stand alone anywhere, anytime. Pride will bring us Amen. down, won't it? Oh, that's right. Well, that is a great verse. And you know, Bert, through the course of our study in Proverbs, you and I have talked about, there are some of these verses that are just so well known and I hope near and dear to everybody's heart. And verse 18 certainly is one of those. But verse 1, as we get into Proverbs 16, I think this is a verse every Christian could relate to. The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Bert, can't you relate to that? Um, whenever I've had to speak or, or well, do just about anything, uh, we give our heart to the Lord. We think about what we might say or do, and we trust the Holy Spirit to do it through us. I I really relate to verse 1. I agree. And my wife has told me, said, Bert, I've heard you preach with, you know, doing your best. And I've heard you preach with the Holy Spirit guiding you. You need the Holy Spirit. That's not just for me. That's every one of us. Alex, how important that is. And and someone said it this way, the plans of the heart, uh, the arrangements of the heart belong to man. But God has the last word. In other words, if my plans are wrong, God's still going to come through, and he is ultimately going to do. I think the book of Revelation talks about that, having the last word. You know, uh, the church, uh, Israel, uh, the the kingdoms of the world, uh, it may look crazy right now, but in the book of Revelation, as we come to the end, we find out God does have the last word. Well, he really does. You know, it's it's funny. God is in control, and we hear so much about climate change and global warming and human activity. Bert, did you happen to see uh, Greece is under snow, and it showed Mars Hill. Now, you and I have taught the book of Acts. Acts 17, Paul was in the Areopagus and went to Mars Hill. Well, Mars Hill, that very famous, you know, there's a big flat slab, and there's a few columns left, and 
the Apostle Paul preached there. Well, it was on the news yesterday. It's under, I don't know, six or eight inches of snow, which that's not happened often in history even. But yet God is in control of history. God is in control of the weather. And I hope God's in control of each one of our lives. But verse 3, commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. That's kind of like Psalm 37 about committing your way to the Lord. It is. But the word established speaks of stability and and permanence and a foundation. I, I like that. Commit thy works unto the Lord and your thoughts, because, you know, verse 2 and, and verse 1 talks about our thoughts and uh, the Lord weighs our spirits and our motives. We want our motives, our plans, our thoughts uh, to be founded on Jesus. And uh, if we commit ourselves and our mind and everything to him, uh, we will be stable and established. It is great. Now notice, again, helping you to remember this, again, verses 1 through 9, it's our works, it's our ways, and our words. Works, ways, and words. Uh, mm. All of those have something to do with those. And the Lord, verse 4, the Lord has made all things for himself. Yes, even the wicked for the day of doom. Now, I, I, I struggled with this, and then I thought of something. Alex, you remember, uh, you know, Habakkuk, he knew Judah was going to be judged. And when yeah. he found out that it was the Babylonians who were uh, worse than them 10 times, he he just couldn't believe it. It's amazing who God uses to for, yeah. for the ways of the world. Now, we're talking about in the pulpit. We're talking about a godly man. We're talking about a pastor being right with God. I'm amazed that he could even use us in such a way, but especially in the issues of, of society, uh, and he would use the Babylonians to correct Judah as they would go down there for 70 years and come back different than when they left. So so God is in, as you said it earlier, let's just add to it, God is in control of who he uses. And uh, even the wicked, uh, they're going to give accountable to God, and God can use them to demonstrate his power, can he? Well, uh, Bert, you recall you and I taught the book of Job, and... Um Satan, we say this, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to be colloquial or flippant, Satan's on a short leash, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, now, he, he rages and stalks about, but understand that, that God is in control, and there are things that uh, in this world, they grieve our heart, but don't you ever forget, the Lord, the Lord sees it all. Now, like you say, the, the wicked for the day of judgment or doom. All right, let me read a couple of verses, and we're in Proverbs 16, by the way, if you're just tuning in. But it says, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Boy, that's true. When a man's ways to uh, please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Now, Bert, I've, I've seen that happen. Let's talk about these a little bit. Um, let's talk about six, because, you know, it grieves my heart, Bert, in the news. There's um, law enforcement officers being gunned down and just um, we're, we're a, in some ways a, a very lawless country. And, Bert, I've, I've thought often about would it hurt? Come on, people. Would it hurt if we 
told young people about the Ten Commandments, including commandment number six, thou shalt not commit murder, because it says here, uh, by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. I think if we told our culture and our society, um, you know, you're going to give an account to the Lord. We all will. I think we need the fear of the Lord in this nation right now, and maybe we would depart from evil at least to a degree. Well said, Alex. And that verse, let's go to mercy and truth. Uh, yes. Now, in order to be saved, we start with truth, that we're that we, on our, our perspective, that we're sinners and can't save ourselves. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But on God's side, he starts with mercy. Uh, because Now, how do I get that? He starts with mercy because if it were just left of us, God would see our sin even before we got right with God, before we would trust Jesus. So it's in mercy that we haven't been killed, hadn't been slain, hadn't been thrown Amen. out of the presence of God. So, so for you that are looking to be saved, look at the truth of who you are. But then notice the mercy of God, how he loves us and, and, and is willing to save us and will save us when we come to him. Uh, what I've tried to do is look all the way through these Proverbs and see the salvation of God. And, and I think verse 6, atonement is provided for iniquity. Uh, Alex, again, there it is, uh, the cross. There's Jesus, mercy and truth, atonement. And I agree with you, the latter part of that, when we get that right, when we could get right with what God, who God is, what God has done, what God's going to do, I believe it will bring that reverential fear. Uh, it's, it's fear that trusts God, you know? Uh, yes. It's not running away from him, but it's running to him. And I, I pray those of you who have never come to Christ in place are running away from him, I pray you'd run to him. He is, he wants you. He says mm. that come unto me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart. Uh, Alex, uh, listen, if there's somebody out there that needs to know Jesus, there's a number they can call. It's 888-NEED-HIM. 888-NEED-HIM. And they want to talk with you. They'll help you. As Alex has said, there's no strings attached there. You're not put on a list or anything. They just want to help you to come to know Christ. And so amen. praise God for mercy and truth, Alex. Well, amen. I love this. By mercy, mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. Bert, you remember back in Matthew 9, verse 2, Jesus healed a man. There was a man brought to Jesus. And, folks, the greatest words you could ever hear and by the word of God, and I know the, the peace in your soul by the spirit of God, but Jesus looks at this man who's come to him, been brought to him. He says, son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven. Isn't that something, folks, because of God's mercy and trust his truth, iniquity is purged. Uh, atonement was made. In other words, the, the, the word there in Proverbs sixteen six, the word purge means taken away. Think about the joy to realize that by putting your faith in Christ, your sin guilt has been taken away. Bert, I mean, if, if you really think on that, you, you can't help but be joyful. Oh, my goodness. Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven. Well, hallelujah. 
Thank you, Lord. Isn't Amen. that great? Alex, I can't help but remember, I, I've shared this, and I love to share it every chance I get on the radio or in person. As a 12-year-old boy, Jesus Christ changed my life. Um, I went to church on that Tuesday night in August, fearful, afraid. I went home joyful with a sense of purpose and, and, and I'd say courage in my life. Like I said Amen. before that, I was afraid of the dark. I got home that night and I said, is it really real? And I could walk outside and I was in the country. You didn't have street lights, you know, it was mm -hmm. dark, dark, dark. And, uh, I, I could say, yes, Christ has made a difference in my life. So Alex, mercy and truth, praise God for his mercy, for his grace. Without that, mm. we are men miserable and doomed, you know? Mm. Well, and you know, verse 7, when your ways please the Lord, God will make even your enemies be at peace with you. I'm sure we could testify examples of that. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. Uh, that is so true. That's a theme throughout Proverbs, isn't it? Really? Over and over. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And do you know... Um, We've talked about this, and I, I just I say this everywhere I go to talk to teenagers. Uh, character matters. Character matters. Listen, you are better off to have what you have with integrity and morality than to be wealthy but deep in the clutches of sin. Amen. We're going to talk about leadership here in the book of Proverbs. We've talked about what all Proverbs covers. And one of the things it does is cover leadership, verses 10 through 15. Uh, we'll be back in a moment. We'll say a word about that and let us be a leader that would bring people to Christ. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Reese Williams, Acting Director of the Defense Threat Reduction Agency. His agency enables the Department of Defense, the U.S. government, and international partners to counter and deter weapons of mass destruction and emerging threats. John 16.33 reminds us of the importance of peace. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Reese Williams as he works to reduce threats against our country. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says some Christians are doing an imitation of a classic 1960s TV comedy. The trouble is, it's not funny. Get ready for some theme song lyrics from the Beverly Hillbillies as we spend two minutes with Tony. This is a story about a man named Jed, poor mountaineer, barely kept his family fed. Then one day, he was hunting for some food, and up from the ground came a bubbling crude, oil that is. Now, Jed Clampett has become a millionaire. He relocates from the hills of Tennessee to Beverly Hills, that is. But what made the TV show comedic was watching them try to live in a new world with an old mindset. And it turned to be out to be a joke. Many Christians are a joke because we bring secular thinking 
into this Christian environment and it can't work. Yes, we've been born again. Yes, we've been given new life. Yes, we're recreated in Christ Jesus. Yes, we can theologize, but because our mind has not changed, he says for that to shift, the mind must be recalibrated. Now that's no easy thing because oftentimes you have to go against things you were taught. You have to go against experiences that you've had. But the issue is, God must own all of you. The world must own none of you. So the Holy Spirit is free to reshape the distortion of the mind. If you're ready to give your faith a fresh start, check out Dr. Evans' CD series, Divine Reset, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. You got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains. We are in Proverbs chapter 16. We welcome you to today's edition of Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland, Bert Harper, and you are listening to the American Family Radio Network, and we are honored that you are listening. We thank you for listening. And Bert, uh, before the break, you were talking about leadership, and you know, there's verses in verse 10, it really speaks of the authority of a king and a leader, how a, a king has the right to speak with authority. Uh, a just weight and a balance are the Lord's. Verse 11, you know, what's interesting is... Um, Really, uh, honesty in the marketplace is, is I believe, an act of worship, you know? I mean, an unjust weight or, or falsehood or, or, let's just say, it, like cheating somebody, it's an abomination in the sight of the Lord, but a just, an accurate weight, an accurate scale, that's godly, isn't it? It is. And, and this, that's, this, you know, God's going to... It's going to even out. I, I'm oh, just yeah. telling you here, uh, I've already referred to Judah being taken captive by Babylon. But guess what would happen to Babylon a few years from then? Two generations. They would be taken over. Uh, the judgment of God is sure. But I want to tell you, the mercy of God through Jesus Christ is able to overcome and uh, so here, but it's talking about leadership. Uh, listen, listen to verse 12. It is an abomination for kings to commit wickedness, for a throne is established by righteousness. Alex, I would call that the cost of leadership, the, the price you pay uh, for being a leader. People who want to be a leader, I would say that in a church, uh, uh, in, in government. Uh, listen, is, there, is it a... A double standard? No, but it is a high standard, you know? Yes. It is a high yeah. standard because of those who are looking at you. Verse 13, righteous lips are delight of the kings. Mm -hmm. uh, don't, you know, do you remember kings really need somebody that speaks truth to them? Leaders, not somebody that's just going to go along and, and tell them what the king or the president or the 
prime minister needs to hear? No, they are a delight that speaks truth. Now, they may not like it. They might not enjoy it at the time, but it is honestly what is needed. And uh, so here in leadership for a king, whatever, wherever that leadership is, to have that person that will speak truth in a, uh, hopefully in a good way, not in a sarcastic, mean way. Uh, it is a delight to have someone like that, that that has the king's or the leader's ear. You know? Oh, exactly, exactly. Uh, do you remember back in Galatians four, Paul asks this rhetorical question: "Am I your enemy because I tell you the truth?" And the answer is no. I mean, a true friend will tell you the truth. And that's why in verse 13, like you said, I mean, great leaders, they want somebody, they don't want somebody to rubber stamp everything. They want somebody that, I love how the old King James renders it, speaketh right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, The wrath of a king is as messengers of death, but a wise man will pacify it. In the light of the king's countenance is life, and his favor is as a cloud of latter rain, how much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather than to be chosen than, than to be chosen than silver? Um, the wrath of a king or the light of a king's countenance. And again, what it's saying here is the, the way to get that is honesty, morality. We can call it truth, righteousness. Proverbs has a lot to say about it. And again, the, the fear of the Lord and the desire for righteousness, that that's true wisdom, true wisdom. That's why, Bert, let me just say, and I know the business world and the career world is a uh, can be a, a dog-eat-dog world. They call it the rat race. You know, how goes the rat race? Somebody said, well, the rats are winning. Uh, no, they're not. They're really not. And, and I'm telling you, um, you know, I, I told this story, and I don't mean to take up time, but when I was in college, I sold cars for a while. I was working for my dad, but part-time I sold cars because I really love cars. And I wasn't trying to make a big show, but whenever I was like in the break room and I, you know, brought a sandwich, I would discreetly bow my head and say the blessing. Well, the owner of the car dealership, and this was the second oldest car dealership in North Carolina at the time. It was a Dodge Chrysler Plymouth dealership I worked, but they began to have me go to the bank and they gave me, and here I was just a 21-year-old college kid, and uh, they were promoting me up the ladder. And the owner, who I don't know was a Christian at the time, I don't know, but he said, I saw you say the blessing, and I said, that kid can be trusted. Amen. But, you they're, know. That means they're watching, doesn't it? I think so, Bert. I believe it. Now, listen, when you come to verses 18 and 19, we've already talked about 18. It's also connected to verse 2. You know, when it talks about the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, you know, justifying himself. Uh, But look at verse 19. Better to be of an humble spirit with a lowly than to divide the spoil of the proud or the plunder or the, 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 you know, rewards, but it's gotten ill gain. The God really does put a premium on real humility. Um, mm. And and again, the, it's a contrite heart. We talk about contrition, and very little's talked about it anymore. But humility is seeing us who we are in light of who God is. Now, that doesn't mean that we're 
uh, just down on ourselves, but it means that God has made us. He's given us certain gifts. He's given us these opportunities. We, in humility, you accept that, and with it, you serve the Lord, Alex. And so here it is. Pride wants to do it my way. Humility says, God, I, I humble myself. I, you know, it's what Jesus prayed in the garden uh, when he was about to go to the cross. Not my will, but your will be done. That is true humility, Alex. Well, amen. Amen. And, you know, it talks about what we say and what we do coming from within inside who we are. Uh, we've seen this stated in so many ways previously in Proverbs. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Now, we're going to, in just a minute, come on another famous verse. But, you know, a word fitly spoken in due time like apples of gold. Uh, we've seen the power of words and the benefit of using the right words and the right tone. Pleasant words are a honeycomb. You know, um, it, it doesn't cost us anything to be nice, does it, Bert? <laughs> <laughs> it does not. And, I, you know, okay, people say nice and kind. Uh, I, I've heard people say, you know, we're not called to be nice. I understand what they're saying. They're they're saying, you know, we're we've got to stand for something. You know, we do have to come against some things, but uh, it is kindness, and it is that kindness of heart that you desire to show kindness. That's what you desire. Sometimes, yes, you have to stand in taking your stand. Uh, you have to, and sometimes it may seem like it's contrary and difficult. But it exactly, Alex, I would agree with you concerning our words and be careful what we say. And, and again, that brings us to the verse that you were talking about, verse 25. Let yes. me read it, and I'm just going to throw it back to you, but compare verse 25 to verse 2 as well. Uh, this is a, uh, a theme. It doesn't always say it this way, but this is another theme in the book of Proverbs about man's way leading to destruction, but God's way leading to life. It says, and again, we're in chapter 16 of Proverbs. This is verse 25. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Alex, hmm. uh, Jesus just said, I'm the, the way, didn't he? There's no other way to get to God except right. through Christ Jesus. You know, the wording there is so interesting. Bert, um, I've I've shared the gospel with a lot of people because uh, I just I am passionate that people have an opportunity to come to Christ, and I've had more than a few people say to me, "So you know what? I'm just I'm gonna take my chances." Oh my goodness! Don't do that. Do not leave this world without a relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I've had people say they'll say, "Well, Alex, the way I figure it." You know, I'm I'm about as good as the next guy. Listen, it might seem like that, but compared to the Lord Jesus, we're all we all fall short by eternity. I mean, we're sinners. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now, the word way, a way that seems right to a man, W A Y, and the ways of death. See, in the the language, one means a journey. There is a journey that seems right to a man, but the other rendering of the word way really means a stopping point. See, you're on a journey. Every one of us are. And the Bible says in Hebrews 9.27 that one day uh, we're 
going to die, okay? So here's the question. Is the path you're on uh, the destination you want to reach? Because your path is going to lead to a destination. And there's sure, there's heaven for the saved, but there's hell for the lost. But, Bert, I want to say this. Part of the glory and the joy and the, the blessing of being a Christian is it's not just heaven, although that certainly is a big part of it, but it's the journey down here. Amen. You, you know, uh, the, Amen. I, I can honestly say this. I'm, I'm just going to be very straight with you. When I came to the Lord at age 21, I understood that Jesus loved me, but a big part of the reason that I prayed and gave my life to Christ was I did not want to go to hell, which is only rational. No sane person would want to. But 30-plus years, I can tell you, of course, salvation, heaven, that's a great part of it. But the joy is the walking with that friend who sticks closer than a brother. And everybody listening, if you've never come to Christ... It's not just fire insurance, people, you know, scoff. I want to tell you the intimacy, the closeness, the guidance, the strengthening, the the comfort. Bert, um, I think the journey down here with the Savior present every step of the journey, that's that's the joy of salvation, isn't it? It is, and it's he who walks with you. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. In your journey down here, it doesn't promise it to be easy. The Bible makes it plain that it is difficult and it's hard. Paul uh, really made it plain in his writings about this journey with Christ. But we have a friend that will not leave us. He won't forsake us. He's with us, uh, you know. You're going to go through stuff. There's some stuff that's in life you're not going to go over. You're not going to go around it. You're not going to go under it. You're going to go through it. But you have a friend that goes through it with you. It is Jesus. And uh, so, Alex, uh, again, after he makes this statement, moving to verse 27, notice all these kind of men that is mentioned. In verse 27 of uh, Proverbs 16, that's where we are, an ungodly man. Verse 28, a perverse man and a whisperer. In verse 29, a violent man. These are men without Christ who are going their own way. Do you catch the connection? Mm -hmm. They're going their own way. It's ungodly. They dig up evil. A perverse man, he sows strife wherever he goes. That's right the opposite of that person that speaks and brings peace and makes his enemies uh, at peace with him. In verse 7, what a difference that is. So in strife, a violent man entices his neighbor. Alex, the ways of men lead to death ultimately. But let me just say, the ways of men just on their own here upon earth, it leads to destruction as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it does. It really does. You know, uh, Proverbs 16, it talks about the ungodly man digs up evil. Verse 27 goes looking for it. Then it, it goes on in verse 30. He shuts his eyes to devise froward things. In other words, an evil man has to think about it. Let me see what I can dream up that's evil or lawless or ungodly here. Uh, moving his lips, he brings evil to pass. But in contrast, as it ends, 31, 32, 33, um, the, the white hair 
of an older person, mature saint of God, uh, is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. See, you, you can give yourself gray hair by transgression, or you can uh, wear that crown of, of whiteness in terms of maturity. Bert, isn't there, and we've both been around a lot of people, and I've been around some elderly people, but there, there is a beauty of, I've been around old, old people that have walked with Jesus for decades, lived, and they know they're going to leave this world, but they're going to meet Christ and hear well done. I want to tell you, friends, there is something beautiful about an aged saint of God. Do you know what I'm saying? It is. And you're talking about this white-haired guy. Uh, our friend, Devin Patrick's over here pointing his finger at, at your co-host here. White-haired. I remember reading this verse in college, and I, I thought about, you know, I, I needed to hear that because, uh, you know, at 18, 19, and 20, uh, I thought I knew it all, man. I thought I had all the answers. And uh, it wasn't long, about two or three years, when I got, quote, in the real world, trying to make the living, trying to do that. I found out I didn't know near as much. And and this silver hair is experience and wisdom. When you can combine experience and wisdom, and let me share with you where real wisdom comes from. Real wisdom comes from God in that righteous relationship with him through his word. When you mm-hmm. combine those things, Alex, uh, you have a wellspring of knowledge, don't you? Yeah, and if we've got time before the break, read verse 32, Bert. Verse this 32. Is wonderful. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me see, is that part of the, you know, spirit, I uh, guess, uh, of the spirit, you know, fruit of the spirit, exactly. self-control. Hey, exactly. we're going to take phone calls. That number, 888-589-8840. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. In honor of the grand opening of the Don Wildman Center for Cultural Transformation on February 1st, AFA will re-release The God Who Speaks on our new streaming platform and in a special limited edition DVD set. The God Who Speaks, tracing evidence for the Bible's inspiration and authority, was originally released in 2018. This special set includes features like two hours of new footage and a Sunday school curriculum. Learn more at thegodwhospeaks.org. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. At the climax of the account, when Jesus restored Peter's personal relationship with him and Peter's call to ministry, he saw John following them. Jesus had just predicted that Peter would give his life for the gospel when Peter said, what about John, Lord? Jesus responded, what does he have to do with your calling? You follow me. With those words, Jesus hit a consistent flaw of the human condition. We derive value and self-worth by comparing ourselves to other people. Your ups, your downs, your failures, your victories were never meant to be compared to other people. 
We have been called to serve an audience of one. The only approval you need is His. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with a minute in God's Word to help you keep moving forward. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Lou Holtz, the famous football coach, once compared some of his players to a kamikaze pilot who flew 50 missions, involved but not committed. Are you totally committed to God's kingdom, or are you only involved? Jesus Christ is our example of full commitment. He was totally committed to God's purpose of saving people through His death on the cross, and His commitment brought us eternal life in Him. Real commitment to Jesus results in a growing love for Him and steadfast service to Him. When we're committed to Jesus, we'll abound in the work that God gives us to do. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revow your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. 1 Peter 3, 14 through 16. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Grace to you, grace to you, invitation to the We are exploring the Word. So glad you're listening. This is part of the show that we just enjoy so much. We open up the phone lines to take your calls. And if you have a Bible question, uh, we'd love for you to call in. The number is 888-589-8840. 888 Hey, Bert, I saw a T-shirt the other day. said, everybody's asking, when is normal coming back? said, normal isn't coming back, but Jesus is. Amen. And be ready. Uh, yes. We uh, we believe it's soon, but Paul thought it was as well. Uh, you know, so we don't know for sure. But one thing we can know for sure, and that is that we are ready. That's Amen. the key. Hey, let's go to the phone lines, and we're going to go to the great state of Texas and talk to Charles. Charles, welcome. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I just want to let you know I'm an avid listener, and I admire both you men of God. You're great men of God, and I admire your wisdom and, and how you guys are just, you know, doing your thing. I really admire it. Um, I got a question. My daughter, one of my grown kids, she came back to the Lord, and 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 this past Christmas, she was she she does a lot of research on Google, and Google don't want you serving God, and the question is. Where did the Christmas holiday come from? Because on Google, she said, Daddy, I can't celebrate Christmas. So why? Because she said, because Google, Christmas is a pagan holiday. And Christmas took this from the pagans, and, and it says in Leviticus that we're not supposed to put ornaments on a tree. And, and all of a she said, I can't celebrate Christmas. So I said, hold on. I said, baby, you know what? I've been a Christian many years, and I know that I don't care what day Jesus was born on, I am celebrating the birth of Christ. And if we say it's going to be 
25th of December, so spirit tells you like these. So I wanted to know where did that just thing come from that Christmas started out as a pagan holiday? Charles, I just want to say praise the Lord for your daughter coming back. Praise the Lord for your answer. That's what we do. We celebrate a birthday. And uh, mm-hmm. and the book of Colossians makes it plain about any day. is is You know, every day is special under the Lord. And it's man that, that sometimes corrupts the day. God, God had some special days. Uh, Alex, for those that were feasting and those that were fasting in the, you know, in the Old Testament. Uh, but it did come, you know, it was a day that they was trying to, I, was they, tr- were they trying to redeem that day that, uh, well, had yeah. kind of been taken advantage of for evil? Yeah. And, and by the way, thanks for listening and thanks for your, your kind words. You're, you're very encouraging to us. We give God the glory. Um, you know, all right, look, we, we celebrate the birth of Jesus and we've got a one out of 365 chance of getting it right. Um, but Constantine, as best we can tell, okay, Constantine became emperor of Rome, and uh, Christianity had been outlawed for a couple of hundred years, but Constantine in 323 made Christianity not only legal, but it became the official religion of the Roman Empire. Now, people have debated, was he or was he not really saved? You know, I, I believe he was. Um, I, look, I'm not saying he was Billy Graham, but I, I, you read, and Constantine did so much to promote and further Christianity that um, it wasn't just some political expediency. Um, I think there's a pretty strong chance Constantine actually really did have an experience with the Lord. But in 336... Constantine said that they would celebrate the birthday of Jesus on December 25th. Now, sure, there had been a pagan uh, winter solstice festival, and there was a festival called Saturnalia. But, but here's the thing, as, as the arts were reclaimed for Christianity, as uh, biblical principles began to be woven into government and society, yeah, uh, biblical principles begin to be incorporated into the calendar of Rome. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because there is, we've talked about at times, in the early church, there was a tradition uh, about late December possibly being the time of the virginal conception. And there was a thing called the, the Feast of Michaelmas in honor of Michael the Archangel. But Here's the thing. Sure, Constantine sanctified a day that previously had been pagan, uh, and thank God for him doing that. And uh, Bert, I I think there's nothing wrong, and there's actually everything appropriate with followers of Jesus celebrating and worshiping on that day, December 25th, because in reality, every day is God's day. It is, and again, thank you, Charles. That, That was a great question, and praise the Lord. For those prodigals that come back, amen. Let's celebrate it. Let's go to Louisiana and talk to Daniel. Daniel, welcome. Yes, my question is for all these natural disasters and diseases, um, like the coronavirus, you know, all this stuff going on, is it from the, the devil or from God? Okay. 
Well, uh, this virus seems like it may have come from China. Okay, I better leave yeah. off my political, but it sure does sound like it. And But God takes, regardless, Daniel, sometimes uh, finding the, it's like finding the epicenter of an earthquake. Uh, you know, you want to go find where, where it started, the center of it. Uh, but God is able to use these disasters, and he has caused some. Alex, sometimes it's hard to know which is which. Would you say that as well? Well, you know, back to our text here of Proverbs 16, the final verse 33, the lot is cast in the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. You know, God is in control. Uh, God causes some things. God allows some things. But you know what? The Bible says even the wrath of man shall praise him. So if COVID was engineered in the Wuhan lab, which, and I'm only speaking for myself, but that's what appears to be the case. But you know what? What Genesis 50, what man means for evil, ultimately God can weave it into something good. And you know, Bert, I, certainly I don't presume to understand all that's going on in the world. So much is in the news every day. I, I can't begin to parse it all out, but I know God is in control. And there's great peace in that, isn't there? There he is. And you were talking about policemen. The second policeman in New York City, the first one died early. The second policeman died today as well. So four I'm policemen, so yeah, killed mm -hmm. over this weekend. And uh, we're praying, God, uh, show yourself strong. And so we need to be praying for our police officers. If you're a police officer, a law enforcement officer, uh, we want you to know we're praying for you, asking God to to guide you and help you. Uh, you're on, you're putting yourself on we the line. We thank God for you, we law enforcement sure officers. Uh, we sure do. We want to defund. We want to fund and pray. So that's what we want to do. Let's go to Janet in Texas. Welcome, Janet. Yes, I really appreciate you all uh, sharing the truth of God's Word and teaching it. But I also want to make a comment that back in the 80s, uh, Shared, I, I'd gone through evangelism training. I shared Christ with a young man who was dressed in a dress, had makeup on, everything. He was a homosexual. And I shared Christ with him. I later found out that he accepted Christ. And his mama asked him, how did you come to know the Lord? He said, well, there was a young lady at a bowling alley one night shared Christ with me. And my friend from church said, she said she knew his mom and dad, and she said, Janet, I knew it was you. And I said, yes, it was. And I just praise the Lord that he accepted Christ. He's a set-free young man. I'm saying all that to say this. Uh, there is a school down South Texas. There's a school board meeting tonight. And they are, are having some interesting things going on in their school and lots of concerns in the community. And um, there's homosexuals wanting to present their agendas and uh, even wanting to encourage the young boys to be uh, girls and girls, uh, girls to be boys. And that should not be anywhere in our school system. They need to be healthy minds, healthy bodies, and they are not there to be taught uh, a certain type of lifestyle. And I told, I did actually talk to a superintendent secretary. I said, you know, if they were to attempt to push their agenda about their lifestyle into the schools and make it that they have to teach that lifestyle to those kids, that would be no different than having a prostitute off the street and saying, she said, I want to teach all the girls how to turn tricks. And then 
it would be no different than if a, a man like Ted Bundy was uh, pushing his agenda of introducing boys. Now look in that pornography. Janet, thank you. you your mm. perception and your illustrations are well taken. We don't know. We're praying parents. I think Virginia and Loudoun County showed the difference that parents can make. Uh, even in the election, it shows the difference that parents can make. So parents, if you're part of that uh, school board uh, meeting, be there. Let those voices of righteousness be heard. Alex, we, uh, I think it'd be all right for us to pray for Janet in that meeting tonight. Would that be all right with you? Yes, absolutely. Father, I pray that uh, those that have heard and know what's going on there in this particular uh, school district, that, Father, they would respond. They would respond and have that word fitly spoken. Uh, I, I, there is a time for anger, but it says be angry and sin not. So I pray that you'd give them the words to say, and just like Janet had the illustrations and that it would be a word picture for them to understand why they need to not do uh, what is so happening in so many school districts. Father, I pray you'd give victory to righteousness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Janet, thank Amen. you for that call. We appreciate it. We've got another Texan, Devin. Welcome, Devin. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Yes, good to good have to you, man. On the radio with you guys. Question, uh, or uh, more, more or less a comment. Uh, so, brother, uh, brother Alex, you were talking earlier how, about how you were a salesman and you were sitting at the table, and your the manager of the dealership saw you reading, and I, I was just, and even as you guys were going through proverbs, I'm just reminded of you know the Bible telling us to be salt and light, and even as you guys were just talking about about this meeting, uh, we a lot of Christians know the light. You know, we're supposed to shine in the darkness, but the, I like that the Bible uses salt because it's it's been used in three prominent ways throughout history. It's been used as medicine. So we as Christians are supposed to be that healing uh, power that, you know, can move and change things. It was used to flavor things as, it, you know, to make people want and, you know, crave for more. When something tastes good, you want more of it. And, and also it was used to, you know, it dehydrates things. So it makes you thirst, thirst for his righteousness, thirst for Christ, Christ even more. And, and we know the Bible says, if I be lifted up and I'll draw all men to, to me. So. Okay. Thank Amen. you, Devin. Yeah. Amen. Alex, salt and light. We are to be that salt and light. The salt, listen, uh, the only way that salt loses is for it to be uh, let, uh, put more of the other stuff in. And uh, yeah. so we need we need more salt, uh, Alex. And light, over, well, light always overcomes darkness, doesn't it? it? It does. You know, talking about salt losing its savor, being put on the ground, and it... it like when water is introduced, it gets diluted. And as a Christian, as a disciple and walking with the Lord and as a witness representing the Lord, we don't want to get diluted. Uh, stay full of the core elements, to take this analogy farther. What are the core elements? The Word of God, the Spirit of God, the presence of the Lord. And uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil can dilute us, but for God's glory, we're not going to let that happen. Amen. Stay strong, pray like the preacher said. What you do, you read yourself full, you pray yourself hot, and just go out and burn for Jesus. And that's, that's a good word. It is a good word. Let's go to Indiana. and t Is it Kagan or Keegan? It's Keegan. Keegan, welcome. Go ahead, man. Yes, sir. I'll make it quick so you have time to answer. Um, so 
Uh, I wanted to know where the name Yahweh comes from. I know it's our most holy name for God, but uh, a friend of mine showed me a, a video on YouTube he found by a, a Dr. Kim, I believe it is. He's an Asian, Asian American uh, preacher. He says that's actually not the name for our God. And that is a ancient desert pagan God. Okay. Alex, you got to respond. The, the vowels that are in that yes. name are not there in the original, are they? We had to put vowels in it in order to, to speak it. Go ahead, Alex. Yeah, exactly. Well, in the Hebrew, the, the name of God is, is Y-H-W-H, and that's the English letters, the equivalent to the Hebrew letters. And so how to exactly pronounce that is, is not exactly known. So uh, Yehovah, or Jehovah, we call it, uh, the name Yahweh, um, in the in the Greek, and you got to understand, about two hundred years before the birth of Christ, the Old Testament was translated from Hebrew to Greek, and so the holy name of God, the Tetragrammaton, it's called uh, Y H W H, um, rendered in Greek is is Yahweh, but that is that is the revealed name of God, which Bert, as you know. Um, Pious Jews wouldn't verbalize; they wouldn't vocalize and say that word out loud. The the divine name, and so in Exodus six three, let me read this verse. And I know we're about out of time, but God said, "I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, the Lord Yahweh, I did not make myself fully known to them yet." But this is the name, Exodus three fourteen, the eternal, self existent, uncreated God, Yahweh. And we know him personally through his son, Jesus, which literally means Jehovah saves. The statement that I love, God is, and we can know him. That is amazing. Amen. And uh, I pray that you do know him as your Savior. Let me give that number once again, 888-NEED-HIM. If you do not know Jesus as your Savior, you're missing out. As Alex said, not only in heaven, but the greatest adventure of your life here upon earth. Triple eight and need him. Well, Alex, read ahead our, our students quote chapter 17 tomorrow, isn't it? Let's do it. Folks, this has been Exploring the Word. We thank you so much for listening. We thank the Lord for each and every one of you. Tell somebody about AFR. Most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. <laughs>